It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to go inside the numbers with our friend who covers the Jets now for NewYorkJets.com. But for many years, one of the great beat reporters covering the team for the Bergen record, Mr. Randy Lang. Randy, thanks for coming back on the show, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you back, Randy. We're going to do some periodic shows during the offseason, but it's great to be able to wrap up after this Patriots victory where there was some really interesting numbers content happening. And for anybody that hasn't checked out Randy's piece over at NewYorkJets.com, I recommend you do it right now. Let's start with the defense. Very, very dominant performance there. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, like we talked, um, it's always good to to uh, reminisce about how the Jets beat up on the Patriots as opposed to the other way around. And um, even though, you know, I mean, you could you could say, well, you know, both teams are out of it and the Patriots weren't very good this year and it's snowing and, you know, hey, listen, I mean, you know, they played the game and uh, uh, it, it goes in the record books and you look back in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and you don't say, well, all those things were, you know, this wasn't really that good of a game. Yeah, it was a really good game. And and the way I measured that was by just taking four or five metrics from the game. The Jets allowed 119 yards to the Patriots. That's pretty good. Uh, they intercepted two passes. They broke up 10 passes in all. And they had seven sacks of uh, Bailey Zapp or Zappy. And uh, those four things plus the three points they allowed makes them one of only four defenses since 1991 to have reached those bars, you know, had to clear those bars in a particular game under 125 yards, two or more interceptions, 10 or more PDs, seven or more sacks. That's a heck of a game for any defense against any opponent. And it was so sweet to see the Jets doing it in the snow and uh, in Foxborough in Gillette Stadium against the Patriots and finally ending all those uh, losing streaks that they had going against their friends from the the, uh, AFL and the AFC. Another name that we seem to talk about a lot when we get into the numbers recently, Randy, is Brees Hall. He had another fantastic performance. Now, when it comes to numbers, unfortunately, the Jets coaching staff didn't do the best calculations during the game and got it wrong, thought that Hall had over 1,000 yards for the season when he had stopped at under 1,000, but still remarkable performance for Brees Hall and a great finish to the season. This almost reminded me a little of Eric Decker, if you remember that game that he played against the Miami Dolphins where he had over 200 oh, yeah. yards, and it got him very, very close to 1,000 for the season. 
and built some momentum for him that he carried over into the following year and had an excellent year being the number two guy to Brandon Marshall in 2015. But a fantastic finish for Brees Hall, a player who, if the Jets can get him better blocking, can be very special for them for a long time if he can stay healthy. Yeah, you know, in in uh, fairness to uh, Robert Sala, it was uh, he, he mentioned that his mathematicians uh, had the error. They were ready. They wanted to get Brees that thousand. Uh, the coaches themselves obviously are not keeping track uh, of every yard that he picks up on the ground. But uh, they had people looking at that, and they thought he was over a thousand. And uh, you know, I mean, I hey, listen, uh, it would have been nice, uh, uh, but um, you know, he finished up very strong rushing wise, no matter how many yards he had. And then you know, the yards and image are just phenomenal because he has a receiving dimension that um, as a back. I mean, when was the last back we saw with that? Richie Anderson in two thousand. Curtis Martin, of course, could catch the ball, but did not do it with those numbers. Uh, Johnny Hector, I mean, we go back into the 80s and, you know, into the 70s and, uh, you know, Emerson Boozer. And it's like this this kid, I mean, you know, he's he's a young man. He's not a kid, but he he is running like a, a gazelle out there, whether he's he's carrying the ball, he's getting the toss from the quarterback or he's lining up anywhere in the formation now. He's lining up in the backfield. He's in the slot. He's he's a split end every once in a while. Um, the Jets seem to be using him, or you know, as much as they could, because the offense was was quite um, up and down this year. Needless to say, but uh, Brees Hall definitely was was used to I think his maximum. And uh, you know, the 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 yards from scrimmage, he, he got up into uh, seventh all time. Uh, uh, in uh, yards from scrimmage in a season, uh, got into the Curtis Martin territory since Curtis owns uh, six of the seven top slots. And I think uh, Brees replaced Curtis at number seven uh, for the most uh, uh, yards from scrimmage. And and then the one thing that um, you know, I had to recheck just to uh, make sure I had my my facts right, uh, you know, Brees had that 50-yard run for the touchdown, which was so sweet just to nail that game down because you, you never know with the Patriots. I mean, if you're only up nine to three and there's time left and they got timeouts, uh, you want to score something like a you know 50-yard touchdown, and that's exactly what Brees and the Jets did. And uh, yeah, that that was significant because Brees now has six scrimmage plays of 50-plus yards. In his career, his pro career with the Jets, four of them were rushes, two were catches, and that ties the franchise record for a back uh, for most career 50-plus plays uh, in a career held by Freeman McNeil. And, you know, Freeman didn't get number six until 1991, which, you know, was in his 131st game as a Jet. Brees Hall has done all this in his first 24 games of his career. And so that's why, you know, we've talked about Brees uh, over the past few weeks and, and months about how significant his contributions are. He's he's an excellent back, better than anybody probably thought he'd be, uh, except maybe the Jets who, you know, got a bargain on him in the second round. Um, but um, uh, he's he he has the potential to be one of the greatest backs in Jets history if if he can hang in there, not get injured. And, um, you know, have the longevity and stay with the Jets and sign another contract and all that stuff. Uh, but one of the best, if not the best backs 
in franchise history. He's just got that air about him. He's got that a little bit of cockiness, but a, but a very good work ethic and a, a very good head on his shoulders. And he just seems like he's the real deal. And, and now let's see what we can do next year and on into the future. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Tyler Conklin is nowhere near the offensive weapon that Brees Hall is, and yet he turned out to be one of the best statistical tight ends the Jets have had in a really long time. Yeah, Tyler, you know, is an interesting dude because, um, you know, he, he didn't come in with a whole lot of fanfare, although he did have two, he had a very good last couple of seasons, I think, with the Vikings. And uh, he had, had two very good first two seasons with the Jets. Uh, these last three years of his are almost identical in all of the key numbers, the receptions, the targets, the yards. But um, the one thing he did well this year, he set a career best uh, with his uh, 621 receiving yards. I don't think he ever cleared 600. So that was a very good thing for him. He had 61 catches, which equaled his best um, year with the Vikings two years ago. The one thing that didn't go so well, um, and certainly not all on his shoulders, if any of it, because of, as we talked about, the offense's issues in uh, scoring touchdowns and moving the ball, uh, Tyler did not have a touchdown catch this year. So that's something that obviously the Jets will uh, work on in the offseason. Aaron Rodgers has certainly been known to like to throw to a tight end every once in a while. Uh, so, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of things ahead for, for Tyler, I think. And, um, it, I, I didn't really go through the percentages, but, um, he, he caught 69% of the passes targeted for him. He's not downfield a whole lot. He's not, he, he averaged about six yards down uh, b- before catcher at the catch, um, uh, before he took off for yards after the catch. So six yards down the field, you expect to catch a lot of balls. But uh, 69%, I mean, if your quarterback is completing 69% of his passes, you got Chad Pennington or, uh, you know, Drew Brees or somebody else who, you know, Tom Brady. I mean, you know, we can name all the, the most accurate quarterbacks. That's a pretty good percentage. And, you know, Tyler, the one thing I love about him is he's so tenacious when he gets down the field. That ball comes near him. It just feels like he's going to make that catch, and he's going to take it away from the defender if there's a defender on him. So, you know, that bodes well, I think, um, along with Brees and along with Garrett Wilson and uh, whoever the Jets bring in, uh, you know, and that's going to be a big part of the offseason, obviously, is free agency and, and the draft. Who can the Jets now bring in to assist those three guys uh, move into positions of prominence at the skill positions and uh, help Aaron Rodgers and the Jets offense do uh, what the defense was doing this, this this year and last year and and make this team into what everybody wants it to be, which is certainly a playoff caliber team. If the Jets are going to be a playoff caliber team in 2024, their defense has to be not necessarily as good as it was this year, but at least relatively close. And if it's going to be that good, Quincy Williams will need to repeat his performance from 2023 He went out with a bang against the Patriots. Quincy Williams, one of the most surprising players on the Jets this year. They re-signed him. They kept saying that they thought he had this upside and potential. Some Jets fans were wondering what Robert Sella and Jeff Ulbrich were even talking about, but this year we saw it all on display. Fantastic season for Quincy Williams. It really was, and um, you know, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in Pro Bowl, no Pro Bowl. I mean, he wanted to go be named as a pro bowler he was not he's an alternate 
um, and he could have joined his brother, uh, obviously Quinnen. Uh, but um, all that being said, I mean, you know, he Quincy was recognized as the AFC's Defensive Player of the Month for October. Now that, that's fairly significant. That's that's kind of a um, an elective kind of award. I mean, it's not certainly uh, you know it's not a um, quantifiable thing. I think it's just um, people in the league office saying, "All right, who do you recommend, uh, and and who looks like the best choice for uh, the award this this month or this week?" And Quincy was the guy in October, and he's he's been the guy steadily throughout the year, um, and. I think one measure of that is um, it's his third year uh, with the Jets. Each year he's grown a little bit. And um, a couple of things that, that's jumped out to me is uh, if you take all of his, um, his uh, well, let's say his minus plays plus his zero yard gained plays. So that includes all the tackles for loss, no gain at the line and all of any of this, the zero yard sacks he might've had. I don't think he had, many if any but he he definitely uh you know did have 20 tackles at or behind the line uh that's more than he's had in his previous two seasons he had 18 uh in in 21 his first arrival and he had 17 and a half last year and he had 20 this year we haven't had a, a 20 um tackle behind the line defensive player since leonard williams in 2016 uh, his second year with the Jets, and before that, Muhammad Wilkerson did it a few times. But between then and now, Quincy is the gold standard for for getting behind the line of scrimmage. Whether it's uh, you know mostly it's it's tackling for loss because he's not a he's not asked to be a big sacker, uh, but he gets back there and he makes plays whether it's on the the run or on receptions. And then the other metric that I, I measured because it's something that nobody keeps really close track of. I don't think. Uh, although I'm sure you could find it somewhere, but it's it's plays on third and fourth downs to prevent conversions by the opponents. How many times did a player tackle a um, a an opponent short of the the uh, yards the uh, short of the sticks basically, and prevent a team from getting that third down or fourth down conversion? C.J. Mosley has been the leader in that uh, for his. The previous two seasons, unchallenged basically, um, with 16, two years ago, 18 tackles. We're talking about 16 tackles to stop conversions, uh, and then 18 last year. This year, CJ mostly uh, had competition from Quincy. Uh, Quincy came on strong. It was ahead of CJ in that category for a little while. They finished up tied with 15 tackles each to prevent conversions on those crunch downs. And that's another measure to me is, you know, Quincy's not just, you know, out there on the first two downs and coming out. I mean, he, he, uh, I, I don't think he let, I, I know he had 10 PDs, 10 passes defense. That's very good for linebacker too. So he not only is making the tackles behind the line, but he's playing in coverage and making plays back there Had his first pro interception this year. So all of those things together say, you know, you're right. I think Quincy kind of sneaked up on a lot of people. But um, he's legitimate, and uh, it's it's good to have him signed up for the the uh, short term and uh, uh, into the medium term, and and to see what he and uh, CJ and and the rest of the uh, the defense, Quinnen and Sauce and DJ, you know, we go on and on. See what they can do in year uh, four of the Sala Ulbrich uh, scheme 
but year three of them being a dominant defense in the league, a top five defense, let's see if they can get to number one in a lot of those categories. Another player who snuck up on some people this season was Bryce Huff, and now he's going to be a free agent. The Jets have a heck of a decision to make. The first edge rusher the Jets have had in a decade to get to 10 sacks in a season, and now it's possible he walks out the door if somebody offers him more money. Are the Jets going to franchise tag Huff? Are they going to work at a deal before free agency? Is somebody else going to pay him and the Jets will lose him? We're going to find out, but he was a key piece of that defense this season. Yeah, he was just um, just a breath of fresh air. Uh, you know, Of course, uh, not to opponents and not to opposing quarterbacks. I mean, this guy, you know, Bryce Huff in a, I, I wouldn't say a minimum of defensive snaps, but in less than 500 defensive snaps total, he led the team, led the Jets with 10 sacks total. As you mentioned, first edge rusher. Uh, I think the the uh, Jets um, social media account said first edge rusher sin- since Calvin Pace in 08. But of course, Calvin was a linebacker. I went back to 2005 and said uh, Bryce Huff is the first edge rusher um, to wear green and white and have double-digit sacks since John Abraham. And John Abraham is another one of those gold standards that uh, or green standards that we mentioned uh, as far as pass rushing. And so Bryce Huff had the 10 sacks. Uh, he led the Jets with 21 quarterback hits that he sneaked up on everybody, including Quinn and Williams, who had led the team last year with, I think, 28 and had 20 this year, but Bryce Huff was the leader in that category. So, yeah, this is a guy that um, uh, Robert Sala was asked about in his uh, end-of-year news conference. Um, he didn't have a lot to uh, inform the public or the, the writers on. Um, the question was raised, would you franchise tag him? And uh, Robert uh, wisely said, no, That well, that's a, uh, a, a Joe Douglas question, and we'll leave that. We haven't even got into that yet. And I, I believe they haven't because those meetings are coming uh, in, the, in the coming weeks uh, on into free agency. Uh, but I, you know, I tend to think that um, the Jets will make a pitch to keep Bryce, <laughs> very, a very strong pitch, just because, you know, he, he had this great production in a limited uh, exposure. Um, I, I would assume that they want to expose him a little bit more on, uh, in the base defense so that he's not just a a pass rusher, but maybe if that's what he is, then uh, we'll see what that is is worth on the open market, perhaps. But um, I, I just think that um, you know it, you, you look at what the Jets have uh, in that rotation. You got Bryce Huff, you got Jermaine Johnson, who came in second on the team with seven and a half sacks and and was a full timer, was a starter, and, and a a, a uh, you know go forward, go backward kind of guy. I mean, he had PDs, he had tackles behind the line, he had sacks. So he did a lot and he's here for a while. You know, you got John Franklin Myers, who's not, you know, I mean, he's, he's a, a kind of a tweener. He kind of plays the edge and also goes inside, but uh, he's, he's a, 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 can be a dominant player. You got Will McDonald who, you know, did not see a lot of action, but did produce some interesting plays, some, some impact plays, uh, during the course of his rookie season. And uh, I, I think we could see a uh, projection for um, uh, McDonald similar to Jermaine Johnson's, where in year two, um, he gets a little more activity, he gets a little more playing time, and he starts to make a whole lot more plays. And so you got a good rotation there. Um, Joe Douglas and, and Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich all, you know, uh, say, you know, defensive line is is uh, something we, we're always going to make a priority. That's that's a direct from uh, 
uh, Joe Joe Douglas's <laughs> O line and D line will be a priority always, and I believe that that is the intention. But uh, the the D line has uh, worked out well, and the offensive line is still a work in progress, to say the least. But um, you know, I, I think they they know how important it is to uh, to get a player like that and keep him, and they'll do their very best. And then it's up to the the player, the agent, the market place the opponents who might want him and we'll see how that plays out but you know I would feel confident from the outside looking in uh that Bryce Huff is is a guy that the Jets will pursue and will will try to keep in green and white for um another three four five years two other players that the Jets really should look to keep even though they're free agents and probably aren't going to cost anywhere near as Bryce Huff Thomas Morstead and Greg Zerline, the punter and kicker of this team in 2023, respectively, both did a fantastic job. Both have become fan favorites, and I think it would be in the Jets' best interest to find a way to get them to return in 2024. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I've had uh, discussions with friends of mine just about the um, the kicking situation over the recent past, and this is not on Joe Douglas because um, he he wasn't involved in the. Uh, keeping or the not keeping of certain players. But, you know, I look at a, a kicker like Nick Folk, um, who was an excellent, consistent, long range, you know, I mean, clutch kicker for the Jets uh, from 2010 to 2016, I believe he made it to. Every year, Nick Folk had to go through, you know, contract situations where the Jets were saying, well, you know, we don't know if we want to pay you that much. And, you know, let's see if we can work something out. And, you know, he came back for those seven seasons, uh, but every year it was like pulling teeth just to keep him, and then they let him go. Uh, they end up with Jason Myers in 2018. Jason was was the was Greg Deleg before Greg Deleg was. Well, I mean, for the Jets, that is Greg Deleg was kicking back in uh, the early uh, 2010s uh, with with the Rams, but um, uh, Jason Myers was bombing the long range field goals like nobody else uh, in Jets history. I mean, maybe John Hall was close, but I mean, I don't think even John Hall certainly did not have, I think it was like uh, five 55-yard field goals in a season. And uh, Jason Myers had the one great season. He was gone. And, um, you know, the punting situation has been up and down. It's like Lachlan Edwards looked like the guy. Then he wasn't. Braden Mann looked like he might be there drafted. He's He was gone. Thomas Morstead is... Is certainly a a great fallback position if you're going to let your your starting punter go, and you know that's not to say that he was um, you know not he's at the end of his career, which he he certainly is getting up there, but Thomas Morstead is the ultimate professional, and this guy kicked the heck out of the ball. He led the NFL in fifty plus punts, fifty yard punts or longer, by a wide wide margin actually. And he broke the Jets franchise records, both the gross average of 48.8. That was his mark this year, 48.8 yards. Braden Mann's record, previous franchise record, was 46.9. And and, uh, Thomas also had the best net average by a Jets punter ever, 41.8 this year. Lachlan Edwards was the holder of that record, 41.6 in 2019 so uh, you know then we go into the inside the five kicks he had seven of those and uh led the league so you know morstead's not done and um 
you know, he'd be a great guy to keep. And and then Zerline, who who I mentioned there in passing with Myers, I mean, Zerline is he he's at, at the peak of his powers too. I mean, this guy has the Jets franchise records for distance for for uh, kicks um, in, at home and also overall. He's the only sixty yarder in Jets history by Greg Deleg last year at Minnesota, I believe it was. Um, he hit twenty six consecutive field goals this year. Uh, which set the franchise record. Nick Folk had that record. I think, well, actually, Folk and uh, Jay Feely had different uh, parts of that record. Feely had it over two seasons at 25, and Nick Folk, I think he hit the first 23 of uh, of a season to hold the in-season mark. Um, Greg Zerline obliterated those marks until he had a kick blocked uh, this year, and that ended his streak. But he still is among the the very best kickers in the league, uh, long range as well as just consistency overall. He hits game winners. Um, you know, he hits uh, the fifty yarders. You put him out there for a sixty that you might need. He, I think he missed one, uh, but uh, you know that was like fifty-seven yards. And uh, I think was that at Detroit last year. Uh, you know, he he just. He puts the ball through the uprights every time, and he does it with power, and he does it with calm and, uh, you know, a focus that uh, you, know, you might not have seen since Nick Falk. And that's a guy I look back to is that that was the standard for a long time. Uh, maybe Greg Zerline is the standard now. He has been for the last two years. I can't tell the Jets what to do. I mean, they have their uh, priorities. They know where the money needs to be spent. Uh, but I'd love to keep those two guys for another year or two just to see what we can do uh, with the field position that Morstead provides and the the big points that uh, Zerline provides. Went from the folk hero to Greg the Leg, and hopefully Greg the Leg's legacy continues here with the Jets. Same with Thomas Morstead. We'll see what the Jets end up doing. Randy Lang of NewYorkJets.com taking us inside the numbers Great job as always, Randy. Thanks so much for coming on. You're going to be doing plenty of stuff in the offseason. We're still going to have you back. You've got a part two coming with wrap-ups with Inside the Numbers, and then we'll have you on sporadically when you have something that you want to talk about that you've put up at NewYorkJets.com, and you've got a lot of ideas for the offseason, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, um, as soon as free agency starts, we'll, we'll start um, doing the, uh, the league view because um, – you know, we you know, the, the multimedia department, we have a lot of great writers. Eric Allen's my boss and, uh, uh, you know, Ethan Greenberg is excellent. And, uh, you know, we got John Polano, we got Jack Bell. I mean, we, we got a great staff and we're going to be finding things to write about. And that'll include the the overview, overviews by position, by players um, of the free agents available and then at, at each draft position. And when players are signed uh, in free agency or they are drafted, um, I'll certainly have a lot of um, those uh, by-the-numbers types of pieces um, that tell you a little bit more about the player that the Jets just brought in and uh, why this player is uh, you know, the, the missing link to uh, what the Jets want to be in 2024. Now, that may or may not turn out, but we certainly hope it does. And... Um, you know, I, I do appreciate the job that, um, you know, Joe Douglas and his team have done. Um, you know, you could certainly point to some players that they uh, they, they did not succeed in um, nailing down and or, or you know, d- didn't hit on, um, you know, such as, um, 
you know, you you know, you, you lost a few guys uh, you know this year that didn't work out with Randall Cobb, Alan Lazar. They they just didn't produce like we were expecting them to. But I, I do have hope for for both of those guys uh, for as long as they stay here. I think Lazard can come back um, with um, a great off season and working with Aaron Rodgers again, and we'll see how that works out. But um, you know, the the uh, Joe Douglas team has has had some very good draft picks last year, the last two years even, excellent drafts uh, up top and uh, even down below. And so I, I look forward to more of that, and we'll have a lot of numbers to accompany those stories as we go on into March and April and May. Make sure you check out everything Randy's doing over at NewYorkJets.com and check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. Give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes, too, if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.